Welcome to Strange Gossip. I'm Catherine. And I'm Taylor. And this is going to be like your friend's take on the weird. Because we're tired of real life problems and want to talk about spooky shit. Yep. Welcome to our Christmas episode. Yay! Happy holidays, hey. everybody. <laughs> Happy holidays. It's not Christmas yet, but it's coming. Mm-hmm. So we figured we'd get a somewhat festive. Actually, I'm in a blue shirt. <laughs> I'm also in black and white. I don't know. Wait, blue is winter. That's like I was thinking that. I was like, it's kind of wintery. It's fine. I feel like it works. And you're in your kind of reddish pink room. This is true. I am in a new location. We have a visitor with us. So I have moved our setup to the dining room and fingers crossed, knock on wood, throwback to the last episode. Um, This all goes well. Yeah. (laughs) No, we've got it. No, that's awesome. I love it. It's super cute in there. So thank you. Yeah, the zebra yeah. room. <laughs> love it. We're also fighting daylight savings. Because, oh, yes. Isn't it fun to live in California? Actually, it's kind of everywhere. But anyway, um, it might get a little bit darker in this episode, but it's for funsies. We're winging it. We're doing it live. We're seeing how this goes. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, do you have any current topics this week? First, I have to ask a very important question, Taylor. Yes. Are you on Santa's naughty or nice list? I feel like I'm on Santa's she's been boring this year list so far. <laughs> and so, so good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So I would assume like default good, nice list. I love that. What about you? I think I'm on Santa's nice list. I think Santa for us has been like, they've been through enough. They've had enough. It's been enough. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> yeah. No, we're just getting gifts this year. Yeah, Santa's like, <laughs> honestly, good for them. Good for them to be here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Classic. But I do also have another current topic and it okay, actually has fair. to do with aliens. Love it. It's always aliens. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so I found out that if aliens were trying to find us, they would have actually had the best chance millions of years ago. Why is that? Okay, get this. A new study that was published by the Royal Astronomical Society states that if aliens had searched for us, our light signature would have been most detectable when dinosaurs roamed the Earth. Basically, when we search for life on other planets, we look for dips in light that indicate a planet that's circling around a star. Once Mm. detected, we look for a number of things, including chemical signatures. Dinosaurs started to thrive when oxygen levels hit 30%, making it a huge indicator of life. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's better than today. Today's 21% oxygen. So So we're suffocating. (laughs) (laughs) But it just proves that like, Maybe aliens have visited us, but it was like millions oh, of years ago. Like good they, point. they came by and, and dinosaurs were like, oh, what's that? And then called it a day. <laughs> Maybe they killed the dinosaurs and then created us. <gasps> I love it. They were like, know. honestly, dinosaurs too <laughs> big, big, too one. much. <laughs> yeah. They're like, mm, those guys have like us by like 20 feet. So we're going to have to like knock these guys down a peg. <laughs> Never know. <laughs> For real. I love the now the new conspiracy is that an as, the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs was actually just a flying saucer. I'm I'll put that out there right now. Put that out there right now. Jesus. <laughs> oh my god. Insane. That's classic. Isn't that crazy? I was like That is interesting. I would have never thought. When I think of aliens like visiting us, I think in like modern times with humans yeah. I never think like oh they would have come in dinosaur time like that's just so beyond so the fact that this society was like no this actually probably could have happened then too it's crazy that's so interesting well I thought when you said light you were going to talk about like actual light from like cities and stuff and I'm like the dinosaurs don't have any light um, <laughs> no <laughs> but it makes so much more sense yeah that's definitely interesting I don't know they made maybe you would think if they found us now they would have found us back then they probably known about us for a while Exactly. And actually, because of this study, they're starting to rethink how they look for life on other planets because they've kind of followed similar thought process of like, okay, Mm -hmm. we have a planet and it's dipping in light because it's circling another star. And then, oh, like, what are the chemical readings? But like, if you follow that exact same logic, it would have taken you to dinosaurs, not today. So now they're starting to like reconfigure like all these different variables to finding life. And I'm like, that's so crazy that that this just happened. This just got published. <laughs> that's just, that <laughs> is news. someone's job too. What a cool job. Yeah. Good well, for you. you. Imagine. That's so what cool. you should go to college for. <laughs> 
seriously. Keep us informed of everything. I love it. That's so cool. Yeah. Do you have any uh, current topics for us today, Taylor? Um, not a ton. I cut my hair. Oh, you Um, look so good. It looks incredible. Incredible. You look hot. Thank you. Well, I was cutting my hair and I was telling my hairstylist because what else would you do but try to like plug your own podcast. <laughs> so I was like, hey, yeah, we started this podcast. He's from Hawaii too. He's from Oahu. Oh, awesome. Um, and he was like sitting there and I was like, yeah, do you have any like stories? Because that's like the best when you get like stories from people. And he's like, yeah, so I was possessed when I was three. And I was like, excuse me? Like you were just like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I thought he was joking. And then he's like telling me this story. And he's like, like, I was like, oh no, like you're full blown serious. Um, he went to apparently a, um, what the hell? Why am I blinking on that? When someone dies and you go and you a bury funeral? them. Funeral. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> where did that go? Way I'm like, how do I, I was like, how the do afterlife I- purgatory. At where are you going? <laughs> I was like, she's not going to get a funeral out of this. Um, Okay, so funeral. (laughs) He went to a funeral funeral. when he was like three. Mm -hmm. And then he was going to his grandma's house. And his grandma was like, no, don't let him in. There's a spirit attached to him. And his mom was like, what? And so they went to the pastor's house. And when they were going, like the car was like freaking out. The lights were turning on and off. Go into the house. The house was like lights were turning on and off. Fan was going crazy, apparently. And the pastor said, yeah, he's he's got an attachment. So they tried to do like a, an exorcism, I guess, of sorts. And he said it lasted for like two to three weeks and then it eventually went away. And I was like, well, when you went to the funeral, do you feel like it was like that guy's spirit or that person's spirit? He's like, no, I think they were possessed and then it possessed me. He's like, I clearly <gasps> don't remember a lot. He's like, I just don't remember like sleeping at all during that time. And I remember like screaming and that was it. And like, you know, when you're three, you don't really remember anything. Um, but yeah, apparently he was possessed and I was like, damn. That is so <laughs> one incredible to like plug the pod. Good job, Taylor. Two, <laughs> two. I think one of the best parts of having this podcast has been hearing people's stories and like just kind of seeing what comes out. But this is like yeah. talk. I've a I possession, was like possessed a full on a possession. Damn. And like they take over young, huh? Like Ooh. that's crazy. Well, I think in the same way, like when we were going into cryptids and things like a lot of like demonic presences or cryptids mm-hmm. that like steal people and things. <laughs> wow. So casual. When you're dealing with like these different spirits or cryptids or anything, like they look for people in transition. So if you're yeah. like, uh, it's, if it's a pregnant woman, if it's an elderly person, like, you know, or someone that's really, really young, like they're just kind of more in the weakest place so it totally right. makes sense that like a three-year-old but that's so scary that's isn't that crazy could you imagine he being also, the parent oh well, uh, no he also said that his uncle used to live by a gold out there and he full-on seen night marchers <gasps> so i have another person cooperating that they have seen night marchers and he's like and it was like uncle you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. he was just casual about like whole broad he went the whole thing pigeon saw the night marchers and so I don't know. I just trust people like that. (laughs) Oh, 100%. And I feel like when you live in a city, it's harder to be connected to nature and the stories associated with different legends and lore. And I feel like when you understand that Hawaii is like kind of country and like a lot of it is not overly populated. And I don't know, I think it all kind of aligns and makes so much sense. You have to cover night marchers. I feel like that's the next, that's the next cryptid for you for sure. sure, No, I gave him, well, I don't even know they're cryptids. Would you say, I would say they're paranormal. Um, yeah, I guess they're spirits. They're definitely ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, i gave him my whole, because of course I have a night marcher story. Come on. Like, I don't know how many times I'm going to say this in this podcast because what, this is episode six. And I'm like, I've had that happen. I've had that happen. I've had that happen. But yeah, I'll, I'll give my night marcher story. You have to. It's such a a good good one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so tied to like where we grew up too. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's get into some conspiracies. I'm excited. I feel like I always make a ghost noise for everyone. This will never. (laughs) Ho, 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 bitch. We're conspiracies let's get into it that's (laughs) That's so wow i'm putting that on a t-shirt you better believe it (laughs) that's hilarious all right so i guess i'm going first yes i wish i could like 
cue up Celine Dion for what I'm going to say, because today I'm covering the Titanic conspiracies. Ooh, why do we do that? It just feels right. It just feels right Spirit to fingers. Move. Let's just do spirit fingers. <laughs> With a recent resurgence of theories on TikTok, many people today are left wondering, how did the unsinkable ship sink? Could there be more to this than just an iceberg? All right, first, let's get the official story straight. The Titanic set sail from England on April 10th, 1912, with 2,240 passengers and crew heading to New York City. Four days later, the vessel hit an iceberg and sank in less than three hours. As a result, 1,500 passengers and crew perished. Something to note, the captain of the ship was warned ahead of time about icebergs in the area. However, when a significant warning came in on the day of the disaster, the note was held onto by J. Bruce Ismay, the chairman and managing director for the White Star Line, Titanic's parent company. Hmm. We still don't fully know why he held onto the note, but what we do know is that no one knew the severity of the situation more than him. It was his call to change the number of lifeboats from 48 to just 16. Oh, bizarre. I know. And yet he still pushed for the Titanic to be on schedule and like full steam ahead. They did not slow down. Wait, do you know why that it would be advantageous for them to have less, less lifeboats? Is it because like the it was load of the ship? Kind of. Um, it's a bunch of different things. So basically like there are many different safety precautions that were built into the boat. And like yeah. the way it was designed was certain holes. I'm going to butcher this, <laughs> but like That's certain <laughs> things would help. Uh, doors would shut down to help it stay afloat. So like it was actually designed that like if worst case scenario, I think I say, I might actually even say this later, but worst case scenario, mm -hmm. if the Titanic and another ship collided, they were... Mm -hmm things in place that would help shut off where the damage was and help it stay afloat for multiple days so they would have plenty of time to get help. So mm -hmm. there were so many other safety features that were built in that were like luxury, like top of the line ahead of its time. Right. Mixed with, you know, this was like the ship of all ships, basically. Like they wanted to have like luxury everywhere. So they kind of removed them like they should have kept them. They were built to have the lifeboats be there, but it was a mix of like, how much stuff can we put into this to make it worth the value, to give the full experience mixed with, okay, well, we have all these other safety precautions. Like, are we really going to need this in a time where they didn't even have a lot of like the global standardized, like safety standards right. that would have, you know, prevented a yeah. lot of this. So yeah. that's kind of the, the reasoning why. So we know okay. that it was like a, a, Multiple things kind of went into the conversation of this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, backing up a bit more, though, like, although it was a British ship, it was actually owned by American tycoon John Pierpont Morgan. And that is J.P. Morgan. Of I was just going to ask. Co. That still exists, obviously. Okay. I was just going to ask. I bank with Chase. <laughs> Me too. Well, no, I have, a, I have a credit card with them. <laughs> Not sponsored. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. <laughs> Well, uh, back then, he was also the owner of U.S. Steel and General Electric, too. So oh, wow. huge. At the time of construction, the Titanic was the largest ship ever built, designed to be top of the line, peak technology of the area. Oh, this is exactly what I was saying. It included safety precautions, including a worst case scenario, um, staying afloat for those three days. Yeah. You know, plenty of time because that way, like... Yeah, they didn't, they still had like messages that they could send to other boats. Like it just, they just really weren't concerned. They were in a different time though too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and for them, they were like, oh, we're in the peak era of technology. Like so much money is going into this. Like we have like shuffleboards and pools and like luxury staterooms and just everything. Everything was so not like anything before. So in their yeah. mind, they were crushing it, you know? Well, this is like Elon going to space. This is like Elon's spaceship. Oh, yeah. Back in their day. Well, like a part of me, even in a, in a weird way, because it's tied to the Titanic, was the submarine that unfortunately just happened. Yeah. Because. Yeah. And that guy was like, that is like your friend in a basement created something 
And they're like, trust me, bro. Like, we got this. It'll be fine. I feel like the Titanic was a little bit of yes. a step above. And it definitely was. But I do yeah. feel like we get into this weird thing wherever we are in history where we're like, oh, we're the best we've ever been. And then we get humbled. Yes, exactly. We yeah. get humbled. Oh, that's the perfect way to <laughs> yeah. put it. We get humbled. Same with them. Yeah. I think same applies kind of the, to the Titanic and the safety measures too. Because again, yeah. even though, and to your point, yes, this was way more, beyond, this was beyond. This had like a parent company and all these investors, right. like all this oversight from like what seems to be it's a way bigger operation of course yeah yeah still kind of falls into the same principles of like where are the standards where are the safety standards what really needs to go on for these things right and so but because of all of this of the time like all of these safety measures it was called the unsinkable ship which is just (sighs) terrible in hindsight (sighs) that didn't age well it did not um and all the hype you know of the Titanic drew in a ton of interest from around the world, specifically the wealthy who didn't want to miss the opportunity to be on its first ever maiden voyage because, you know, at the time it was kind of a flex to to be on it. Mm -hmm. JP Morgan himself was actually supposed to travel on the Titanic, but fell ill just before. Fell ill. I know. Trust me, that comes up later. (laughs) Um, But he did die not too long after the disaster in 1913. So he did die the following year. Hmm. Other near misses include Milton S. Hershey, the founder of North America's largest chocolate firm. He was due to travel on the Titanic, but changed his plans last minute. Mm -hmm. Alfred Vanderbilt, heir to the Vanderbilt shipping and railroad empire, changed his travel plans on the Titanic so last minute that early reports included him as on board, like on the Oof. passenger list. Get this though, he was a casualty on another ship, the Lusitania, that sank three years later. What the fuck kind of luck does that guy have? Could you imagine you missed the Titanic and you know this, you know this, you know you were supposed to be on it. You don't. Yeah. And then you're on another boat three years later that goes down. Like it's crazy. I freaks me out. That like freaks me out. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> the Lusitan, the the Lusitania. Pardon me. I know I'm gonna keep messing this up in this episode, guys. <laughs> the Lusitania sank due to a torpedo by a German Navy U-boat during World War One. Not really. Context. Unfortunately, though, many did die on the Titanic that day, including the owner of Macy's department store and his wife, Benjamin Benjamin Guggenheim, and the owner of the Waldorf Astoria Hotel, John Jacob Astor IV. Hmm. Pretty big people of the time. Yeah. Actually have a little gossip for you. Okay, I'm here for it. So Benjamin Guggenheim was traveling on the Titanic with his mistress. He deserved to go down. (laughs) Sorry. I don't fuck with people like that. Mistress. French singer brought his French singing mistress. Okay. Hold on. Because I kind of know where you're going with like some of the people leaving because I've heard some of these conspiracies. Mm -hmm. Do you think the wife got the notice and she was like, go, honey. You have a great time. Just go. Like, don't take me with you. Don't take me with you. Go with your girlfriend. Well, so it came... I love this. I love that the wife is involved in a murder plot for her husband. Um, which is terrible. These are real people. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that for her. <laughs> but she was in New York at the time and they were traveling mm. to New York at the time. So I could, you know, travel being as hard as it was back in the day. Yeah. Based upon him doing business there, it makes sense that he was coming back to her, but brought his mistress. Okay, karma. So his mistress survived, but he didn't. Of course. Along with members of his staff. So as the boat sank, Guggenheim and his secretary helped women and children get into the lifeboats. Hold on. His secretary. Was his secretary his mistress? No, 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 no. no. This is someone different. (laughs) This is someone different. This is a male secretary. A male secretary. Wow. Back then too? I'm Mm -hmm. surprised. He had... So basically, just like a little context for the Titanic, it had like three levels of luxury you basically had like your first class second class third class and second class was what we actually consider first class on boats and ships today first Mm. class back then i mean the ticket prices were like absurd like we're talking like an upwards of like 50k in today dollars (laughs) damn and it would range like 
it ranged. It seemed pretty yeah. all over the place, but I saw one at least over 50. I want to say almost 75 in today's dollars. So crazy. Wow. Um, but you would bring like your lover, whether Everybody. that's your, whether that's your wife or mistress or whoever, you would bring mm-hmm. like your secretary, you'd bring your chef, you'd bring your nanny, you'd bring a, like you would just bring everyone. You'd your bring entourage. Your full, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Your full staff that would be at your yeah. house you brought here. And so that would also include their rooms and those spaces and all of that. So that makes sense. So that's why he was kind of surrounded by all the people. Yeah. As the boat sank, Guggenheim and his secretary helped women and children get into the lifeboats. Realizing that their time was short, the two men changed into their finest formal wear as they wanted to go down as gentlemen. It's like the frat bros of what year was this again? Um, This was 1912. 1912 and men are still the same. (laughs) I kind of loved it. I was like, they saw. What? Okay. I lost all respect for this man. I mean, he did have a mistress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I hear that though. You want to go down as a gentleman? You're going down as a cheater. Also fair. I get also heated. Facts. Also facts. No, fair. I need to sit down. I need to stop like barking up this dead man's tree. But <laughs> but it's fair. Yeah, don't don't have a mistress, period. But I do love the idea of these two men seeing like writings on the wall. We're definitely not making it out of here. Let's yeah. just put on our like best looks and then we'll just serve as we die. I don't, I don't know why I love that so much. It's kind of a power move. Like they didn't panic. They were like, we're going to look good. We're going to look the best we can and go down with the ship. I don't know why. There's something like powerful about that that I love. He still cheated and had a mistress, but he he has a large ego. (laughs) For sure. Well, so as as all of the chaos was unfolding, he found a steward and he asked the steward to send a message to his wife. Quote, (laughs) if anything should happen to me, tell my wife in New York that I've done my best in doing my duty. End quote. And that's all. That's all he said. But I'm like, bro, you don't want to say like- my best in doing my duty. That dude did not love his wife. I know. I was kind of like, you're not going to be like, I love you. I'm so sorry. I cheated on you. I'm so sorry. That's going to come out too. No. (laughs) I did my best doing my duty. I think I'm going to assume he more meant like assisting people on the Titanic. He actually though, it's funny because later reports would, later reports would state that his- that was his message to his wife, but he also mm-hmm. went on a whole rant about how this was like an embarrassing disaster and how it should have never happened in the first place. And he was like, if I was going to be the one to like take the charge on this, this is how I would do it. And like <laughs> full plan as the ship was going down and he like knew he was going to die. He was like, this is embarrassing. This is a disaster. And this is how I'd fix it later. I'm like, I just love that. That's where his brain was at as he was. He's dying. not wrong. He's not wrong. Oh, but no. this man, I can't stand him. Yeah, that's fair. I can't stand him. Oh, you're not going to like the next one. Okay. Oh, <laughs> So John Astor, who was the richest passenger aboard the Titanic, was traveling with his 18-year-old pregnant wife. And he was about, he was two weeks shy of turning 48. Okay. You know what? Um, Just keep going. (laughs) He left her 100,000, which is just over 3 million today, as well as a trust of 5 million, which in today's money is 152 million from which she was provided an income from so long as she never remarry. I hate it. I hate it here. <laughs> Cause like for me, it's like she was 18, bro. That's so young. <laughs> like she was 18 pregnant and you put it in your will that like, but she can't marry or she loses all of this money. I just and think I it's guarantee wild. you that's not his first wife. Well, his relationship with her was a scandal because he was barely divorced a year nailed it um when they got married yeah and his family like did not approve they were like this is not okay this dude you're like literally in your late 40s dating a teenager that's not okay that's not okay it's not okay i just like so far i'm not sad for some of these passengers (laughs) That's terrible. I'm sad for some of them. Of course, of course. But some of these but... some of these people made choices. The choices they made, yeah. do I approve of? No. So it obviously it was like this whole thing, but she did end up remarrying, which I'm like, good for you, girl. Like good. you don't need to be like held 18. 
Like, come so, on, yeah. you have your whole life ahead of you. Yeah. And like, it's not cool to tell someone like you can never be happy with someone else or you like, that's just not love. That's, oh, yeah. I, uh, hate it, hate it, hate it here. Anyway. Oh, one more big key of information before we break into these conspiracies. Did you know that the Titanic wasn't actually discovered, the wreck, until 1985? Something about that, like, kind of rings true, but it sounds like such a long time. It's a long time. Because, like, efforts to locate the ship happened immediately after. And you have to keep in mind, like, these are some of the wealthiest people yeah. in the world that those families wanted their bodies or, like, wanted wanted answers, wanted to know things. So you have... The hmm. backing of some of the richest, most influential families looking for this ship, but it wasn't even discovered until 1985. Well, and that's crazy because didn't did anybody survive the Titanic? Yes, there was a bunch of people that survived the okay, Titanic. Okay, how are they not being like this is I could point you to what? Well, to so the area. The the answer that they give is that it was just a really vast area and they like just didn't really have the technologies that we have today, which I do think is very fair. See it. Yeah. Um, but it is kind of like wild to me. I don't know why that like, I don't know why, like it makes sense. It does make sense. But there's part of my brain that's like, there's tons of ships. They're always in constant communication with each other. Not in the same way we have technology today, obviously, but like they all were pointing out where the iceberg was and they were talking about the ice field. It's just crazy to me that they didn't find it for, Hmm. it happened in 1912 and 1985. Yeah. That's weird. Well, so this long gap in time, the safety precautions, the stature of those tied to the Titanic continues to fuel conspiracy theories today. Let's get into it. Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest theories to date is that J.P. Morgan had planned the disaster to kill off his rivals. I have a feeling this is probably one of the ones you heard. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll let you know if you bring it up. Oh, I'm excited. That's not the one. So J.P. Morgan was a huge backer of the creation of the Federal Reserve. And the theory goes that the men who lost their lives on board were opposed to the creation of it. Hmm. This looks more suspicious given the fact that Morgan was supposed to be on the Titanic but fell ill just before. However, this is a big stunt to kill a few people. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It seems like a bit much. It's all big. And on top of that, it turns out these men weren't necessarily like opposed to it. They were just still on the fence of what it would look like. So it's kind of yeah. like. Eh, it's a stretch. It's a stretch. The next theory, and kind of my favorite, I'll be honest, a mummy's curse was the reason the Titanic sank. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> British editor William Stead was documenting unexplained disasters in London, claiming a cursed mummy was the cause. The story goes that the mummy was brought by four travelers to London. All four of the men died in a short span of time afterwards. Two Hmm. of them were shot and two of them just died like penniless and in the kind of mysterious manners. Interesting. The mummy was passed to a sister of one of the men, but as soon as it entered her house, it caused a series of misfortunes. A clairvoyant came to figure out what was going on and detected an evil presence within the mummy and urged her to dispose of it immediately. She donated the mummy to a museum in London that shortly after receiving it had an unexplained fire. Okay. Do, 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 do. The mummy was then to be transported to a museum in Colorado via the Titanic. So it was on the Titanic? William Stead, knowing the mummy was on board, told Mm. everyone as the ship was sinking that it was due to the curse. Multiple survivors had shared this story, and it got enough attention that it made the Washington Post a month later with the headline, Ghost of the Titanic, Vengeance of the Hoodoo Mummy Followed Man Who Wrote Its History. The Hoodoo. Who do this to me? Um, <laughs> mummy. <laughs> so, I just like if uh, somebody showed up to my house and was like, hey, take this mummy. No, thanks. Yeah, that that's is gross. Like quite a space. Well, one, that's a lot of space. That's a big favor. Why would you? Um, whatever. I mean, I'm sure it was like a 
a Maybe money it did. treasure. I don't know. If it was, it is weird that it was on the Titanic. Well, historians oh, it's not on the Titanic. Historians okay. think the mummy that William's dad was talking about was this one particular mummy that actually is still in a British museum today. So we don't fully know. We don't fully know what mummy he was tracking, but the one that makes the most sense that he was writing about is claimed to still be in a British museum today. Okay. I just love a mummy curse. It's just fun. That's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Third theory. A German U-boat torpedoed the Titanic. Remember, wow, this is still not like I have one in my head. I'm holding. I'm so on. excited. I do. I do a bigger one, the biggest one at the end. So I'm, okay. I have a feeling. I think it's probably the one I know. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Or maybe not. I'm excited to see. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a third theory: a German U-boat torpedoed the Titanic. Remember when I mentioned earlier that Vanderbilt narrowly missed the Titanic, but still ended up dying a few years later on another sinking mm-hmm. ship? I still think that's a wild coincidence. But many conspiracy theorists believe that it's no coincidence at all and that the Titanic suffered the same fate as the Lusitania or Tania at this point. I've completely lost the pronunciation. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's a boat. (laughs) The other boat. (laughs) (laughs) Due to reports from survivals of a vessel lurking miles away until the early morning, many believe that this was a German ship that planned the attack on the Titanic as an act of war. Hmm. So many survivors claim to have seen this boat, and that is on record, that they saw what they thought was a vessel, like, way in the distance, just kind of there as the Titanic went down. Yeah, rude that they never went and helped if they were that close. That's what's kind of suspicious about it, too. Yeah. um, That it just kind of stayed in the distance forever. And there's no claims. They have no idea what that was or what they saw. Uh, To this day, there's no idea, but it is on record that they did see a vessel lurking. Interesting. Besides this, there is no other proof, and many critics have pointed out that the Lusitania sank in just 18 minutes because of the torpedo, whereas the Titanic sank in two hours and 40 minutes because of the way it hit the iceberg and that kind of damage. So it kind of makes more sense of the way it sank based on how it was attacked or, you know, damaged. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, for the next one, I just kind of need you to, like, take it in. Okay. <laughs> it's probably one of the more, like, okay, internet. Okay. See, okay. I see you. I see you. It's TikTok. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, Catholic employees of the company that built the Titanic were concerned after realizing the ship's number, 390904, seemed to say no Pope when reviewed in a mirror. Okay. (laughs) I'm taking it in. (laughs) They believed the ship would be cursed as this message would welcome demonic presences and by the time it would launch, it would be doomed. The more that I hear about the church... And the conspiracy theories that they create for their own good, I just can't. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's a superstition. That is a damn superstition. That, absolutely. that is a hey, yeah, absolutely no. is. So basically, the the belief of this one really is that this demonic message would channel in and like you know it takes time to build the Titanic. So by the time it's set to launch. It's basically a possessed ship is really where they were going with this. I'm kind of done with this one. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you would be. I knew it. Uh, Well, and also like truth be told, historians have never actually found this number associated with it. (laughs) Like with the ship. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. And kind of an uncomfy truth to go along with this. The company that built the Titanic, Harland and Wolf, actually drove away Catholic employees in the late 1800s, preferring to only hire Protestants. So Mm. it kind of doesn't like timeline line up because one, they were pushing away Catholics and two, like they couldn't even find this number. Like this is what feels like a creepypasta of like back in the day. Like some people even have traced the origins of this story to like Northern, like 
in like Ireland, like the Northern UK. So it kind of just feels like a story that was shared. Yeah. And it just kind of like caught folklore. wind. Yeah. yeah. Like if yeah. they had Reddit, this would have been put on Reddit. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like this was like a fun, mm-hmm. scary to them. I don't want to say fun, but this was like a kind of a, it Something. was creepypasta. It just feels like yeah. the creepypasta of the time. Okay. All right. Now we're down to the last theory. Okay, let's see. Which is probably the one you'll see more commonly about the Titanic that yeah. makes its rounds today is that the Titanic never actually sank. This is not the theory I had. I cannot wait to hear. <laughs> but I'm excited to hear this. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so as the story goes, Titanic's sister ship, the Olympic, had been having a lot of problems. Yes, this is the story that I have. Okay. <laughs> I was okay. like, what? <laughs> Damn, you really sold that a different way for me. <laughs> I like to keep you on your toes. I'm packaging okay. things differently. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so as the story goes titanic sister ship the olympic had been having a lot of problems and the company mm-hmm. that owned them white star line was desperate to recover any of the losses so instead of sending out the titanic they deliberately switched the ship with the olympic knowing it would sink to collect the insurance money this was fueled by the fact that J.P. Morgan changed his plans last minute, as well as a reason why J. Bruce Ismay, the chairman and managing director, held on to the iceberg warning. However, mm-hmm. most historians hate this theory because it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, if they wanted to claim insurance fraud, they could have easily set the ship on fire without taking so many lives and so much money went into so much money went into getting people and like the press and all of the investment that basically went into launching the Titanic, they could have mm-hmm. done this way before. Like even if they had put it out to sea, cause they were doing test voyages right. before the maiden voyage, they could have done yeah. it then. It just kind of doesn't align with that. And a lot of historians get frustrated with it because at the end of the day, so many people did lose their lives and it's kind of like, listen though, don't put it past Companies come that's true. Yeah, like you just there's questions, right? But I think the fire thing is interesting. I think setting a fire would be a lot harder to not prove because they have so many ways that they well nowadays, I guess they have so many ways that you can tell like arson. Um, but running true. into an iceberg, I don't know. It is, it, that's it is know, by far the me, biggest one for sure. People have a lot just, of questions. Yeah. Because also too, weird. it's like they had been getting notes. The captain had been receiving notes about the ice field from other yeah. ships for days, like almost, I, I don't want to say immediately because this was, they launched and this was four days later, but days before he did receive notes that this was on the horizon. Yeah. They didn't slow down. They didn't change direction. Like that one chairman. I think the biggest thing is like, it's the ego. Like they were hyping it up so much that they're like, we're going to go. And then it was just like negligence. To A thousand be percent. I mean, unfortunately, at the end of the day, that's where my brain goes to. I think yeah. they were... There was so much investment and time. They had some of the richest, most affluent people. You know, we only mentioned a few. Yeah. There were there were like royalty yeah. involved that were traveling on the Titanic. There, there's just so much more that the, the pressure was so real because this was mm-hmm. like top of the line, the biggest ship that had ever been built of the time. They wanted it to arrive because, you know, they didn't have communication necessarily the same way. So, so many right. like news and media and all that press were waiting in New York for the Titanic to yeah. show up. So they were like, we are not missing our opportunity. When they hit the iceberg, it was late at night. The captain was sleeping at the time. Mm-hmm. So by the time you know, by the time they saw the iceberg, it was, they had, they had, it couldn't course correct at all. Like at all. Like it was, it was kind of too late because it was just so pitch black. And I guess the way the iceberg was floating, um, Mm. it was, I can't remember exactly how they put it, but like normally, oh, this is what it was. So normally when there's like really like big winds or waves, you can make out icebergs pretty easily um yeah in, even far away even at nighttime because you can see waves crashing upon it but because it was just like still still water you Creepy. genuinely could not see any movement and it was pitch black dark late at night until it was by far too late so yeah that makes sense. just heartbreaking yeah. just heartbreaking 
Damn. And like, you know, regardless, obviously all of these theories are just kind of like what lives on the internet, but like the loss of life is truly unimaginable. And of course happened to very, very real people. And, you know, no one wishes this happened, but this did lead a lot of change into like maritime safety and like standards and codes and regulations that are still practiced to today. So at least, you know, we hate that it happened, but at least it did kind of like shock everyone into realizing the importance of safety and like the measurements of life, like having those lifeboats and like, you really can't predict anything. So like making those changes and just having a standard that everyone could be accounted for in safety is just like so insanely crucial. Yeah. Agreed. That's what I have for you today of the Titanic. Oh, thank you. No, that was good. I liked it. Yeah. I mean, it, I was like, is she going to get to my conspiracy? I don't know. She's going to know the one that I'm thinking. (laughs) I feel like I had to. Well, do you have, have you heard anything else about the Titanic? No, but there was just like that conspiracy. Actually, if you go, there's a huge rabbit hole on that of like the like amount of windows on the ship and the amount of like, it goes crazy. So it's, it's interesting, but again, I don't really believe it, but it is something to look into, I guess. But yeah, that's, that's basically what I heard. Yeah. I mean, that's really um, it. Like, and, and, yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like there's so many theories and then there's so many branches of every theory, but right. ultimately it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's such a bummer regardless. And I think because of when it happened, there's just bound to be so many unanswered questions. Like you just don't have the same. It's lost to history. Yeah, exactly. So such a bummer, but conspiracy nonetheless. Yep. Well, I have a Santa conspiracy. (laughs) It's actually kind of like lost to history a bit too. But I mean, honestly, Santa's like the biggest conspiracy theory. If you really think about it, (laughs) the government. All like literally like the industry, like there's so many corporations that are like Christmas, Santa, your parents, bro, are telling you this guy is real. (laughs) And then you find out he's not real. And you're like, that is, it is. Okay. Okay. Everybody's lying. (laughs) I have to pause here and ask you a very real question. Are you going to like tell your kids about Santa? Well, here's the thing. It's so fun though. When you're a kid. Like, to believe it, it's so fun. So, yes, I'm going to tell them that Santa is real. Um, But I probably – I don't know when I'll tell them that he's not real. I feel like I'll kind of vibe him out (laughs) and kind of see. Because I was a little bit too old when I found out. Like, I had younger cousins. Tell us a story, Taylor. I don't remember. I think I was, like, nine. Okay, Okay, that is I don't really remember. It's pretty old. But I had younger cousins. So, like, I was at my cousin's house, and it was Christmas. And my stepdad showed up as Santa because he was, like, doing, like, a funny thing. I don't, I don't remember I said something. It's kind of tragic. My mom was like fighting with my stepdad. And then I was like, yeah, but like Santa something. She's like, Santa's not real. And she said it like in front of like, uh, like it was, there was a blow up. Um, <laughs> so I was like, oh shit. All right. The Christmas ever again. <laughs> That's the actual tea though. <laughs> I don't think it was because of that, but there was definitely like, yeah, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) so Santa wasn't real and I got a cell phone that year, but it's fine. A nine? Yeah. I think it was like the little, like the really like brick wide phones. Maybe I was older, dude. I don't know. I I thought I remember a nine. To be, how old is that? What grade is that? Cause I got my fourth middle school. Okay. 13. Like fifth. Like eighth. uh, 12 is seven. Sixth grade. Sixth grade. 11th is six. 11 is 6. Fuck, I was 11, dude. No, you, you know it what? Must have been 5th grade. Mom, no. Mm. What, where were you? Do you remember what house you were? California. Yeah. I was in 6th grade, bro. <laughs> I was 11 years old. So anyway, Santa is a conspiracy. Um, <laughs> the first ever conspiracy that just for children. Proves it. They straight up have like a like a tracker, like a Santa tracker that the government puts out. So we know that the government can bullshit their trackers. <laughs> Do you know that I follow that every year? I love it. Me so too. Do I. It's the it's best. Just I just check on Even my phone. Even though I don't believe it, it's cute to see. Wait, what do you mean? Santa's not real. Sorry, girl. <laughs> that was me at 11. <laughs> and you oh had a cell phone, God. so that kind of worked out. Yeah, you know, it's fine. That's we traded. So it was a trade-off. So let's take that conspiracy a step further. Could Santa and some of our Christmas traditions come from a mushroom trip? I'm sorry, what? 
Yeah. So, well, according to anthropological research from recent decades, this might be the case. The Amanita mushroom might account for Santa's clothing choice, his bag of goodies, the flying reindeer, chimney entries, presents under the tree, stockings, ornaments, and maybe even the cookies and milk. Okay. Okay. I need so many more details. This is absurd. This is absurd. Yeah. So what are these Santa mushrooms, you ask? And where does the theory come from? When you think of mushrooms, I'm guessing you're either thinking of a white mushroom or more commonly a red and white mushroom. That's a very kind of, that is an Amanita mushroom, is a red and white mushroom. So think like Mario Kart, Alice in Wonderland, those mushrooms, that's the mushroom. So, yep. These mushrooms... You know what's weird? Okay, hold on. These mushrooms can be used for psychedelic purposes with some effects stating to play with your sense of size, a.k.a. the shrinking and growing in both Alice and Mario. And kind of Santa, right? Because he shrinks yeah, down Santa. the chimney. Yeah. Yeah. And they're found to be used in ancestral traditions around winter solstice by a number of indigenous Arctic Circle dwellers in Siberia. High North Pole. Wow. What? Okay. So in Siberia, shamans would gather these mushrooms to go on a really intense shroom trip. And that is where the similarities begin. These mushrooms most commonly grow under pine trees because their spores travel exclusively on pine seeds. And the shaman would often hang them on the lower branches of the trees so that they could dry out before taking them back to the village. As an alternative, they would also hang them in a sock over the fire to dry. Oh, Sounding stockings. a little familiar. Oh, yeah. cute. Okay. So wow. this is where they think like the inspiration for like presents under the tree because they kind of look like they grow under the trees. It's red and white presents under the, the pine trees, which is our Christmas trees, um, stockings, and then also like ornaments. Wow. Uh, that is way yeah. too on the nose. This is checking a lot of boxes. It's a little weird. Yeah. yeah. So um, these mushrooms, they had to be, you know, dried out before they were ingested because they are so toxic. Mm-hmm. And so another way to filter out the toxins was actually reindeer urine. Yep. So rangers actually loved these mushrooms. And so they would eat them and then their di- digestive system would filter out the toxins. So I'm happy that tradition did not carry over, but the shaman and the people of the village would sometimes drink reindeer urine to get high. And I'm just like, the things people do to get high, man, I blows my mind. Truly facts. Like that is so, like if you look through history, the human urge to get high, man, that's a whole episode in itself. (laughs) For real. I lack it. I am sober Sally. I don't know. I'm like completely different. I'm like, I do not want to alter my state of sobriety at all because like anxiety girl. Um, It's so true. Thank you, anxiety. (laughs) Thanks, anxiety. (laughs) God. But these, so essentially these reindeer which are caribou, by the way, those are reindeer. Uh, they're used to pull the sleighs. Well, I don't want to say sleighs. Are they sleighs? Like Santa sleigh? What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, do they just sense. call those like regular sleighs? Okay. Well, they yeah. pull the sleighs in Siberia. A sled? A sledder? That's definitely not it. It's like a shredder. Um, they, pull, <laughs> they pull the sleighs in Siberia. And so that's how the shaman would get around. And when the reindeer were high, they would jump a lot. And so when the villagers were also tripping, they would think that it kind of looked like flying. That is so <laughs> fun. Just high jumping reindeer. Good for them. <laughs> like having a time. But the shaman too, like they would honor the like mushrooms and dress in wet, red and white. And then obviously it's cold. So they're like suited and booted. Yeah. Basically in a Santa costume. Obviously not like round and stuff. They're just wearing their stuff. But it's usually red and white. And mm-hmm. then obviously fluffy to keep with, you know, to keep warm. But they would take their gifts back to the yurts of the village. And so they lived there. Most of the time, they'd be snowed in, right? Because it's like, it's the freaking North Pole. And so at that time of the year, you couldn't get through the opening. And so they would have to go up over into the top of the yurt and like slide down the entrance where they have for like the smoke to come out, slide down the pole. And then they would go in there and essentially, it's like the yurt version of a fireplace. Mm -hmm. So there's that. 
They would then pass out their gifts to the residents and everyone was in for a merry downtime. So, but they also think like, and the cookies and milk thing is like people would give food and drink to the shaman and offer, you know, basically a show of thanks. And so it was like, oh, you live out cookies and milk for your shaman. (laughs) Your friendly neighborhood shaman. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. Well, that's how Santa has been linked to shrooms. That is insane. And like, check so many boxes. It's too many boxes. Like, it's It's too many boxes. It's 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 feeling too much. (laughs) It's giving me something. I I can see it. I mean, there was like people that argued that like, oh, well, like Santa used to wear green. And what about St. Nick? And like you, you know, there's all these other theories of Mm -hmm. where Santa came from. So Santa found immortality in its current form in early 20th century America. So with Clement or Clement Clark Moore's famous poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas in 1823. Before this poem hit the press, different immigrant groups around the U.S. each had their own different version of the Santa Claus legend. Then in the 1930s, Coca-Cola ad came out with Santa with his sizable girth and sent him back around the world. So the traditions of the Amanita mushroom used in the North dates back to 1736. Wow. Okay. So we got Coca-Cola beat. We've got the St. Nick beat. Yeah. It makes sense. I I think it's hilarious that this could be like some like ritual for getting high. Um <laughs> And like we're giving everybody little gifts of shrooms. That is hilarious. That is so. So cute. what do you think? So what do you think? What do you think this has real legs? To stand I think on? there's probably probably some of it. Like I think there's probably pieces from a lot of different things, and I think that's kind of how culture works, right? Sure. So and there's also like I don't I could have done the dark conspiracy on this, which is like it's a pagan thing, and like it's mm. the devil's thing and then the you know the catholic church tried to rebrand it's very you know but i don't know i feel like this is like the first time i heard it i'm like dude what are you talking about like i think joe rogan even covered it in a random like episode and i was like "Mm." but it's kind of cute like i kind of like the mushrooms i actually from anthropology i got mushroom christmas candles last year cute do you still have they're not no, I do. They, I put them out. I have them. They're in my bedroom, but yeah, they're they're not red and white. They're kind of like silver and like they made them cute. But it is kind of funny how like mushrooms are kind of picking up. Like, I don't know if it's because yeah. like they're whimsical or whatever, but like maybe there's more to that. Because it does give me cottage core. I feel like cottage core is cottage so, core. so tied to like snails, mushrooms, cabins. Yeah. <laughs> <Huga>. Yeah. <laughs> well, also like anthropology is very mushroomed out. Like there's like little mushroom toys and then there's like a ton of mushroom ornaments out. So. Oh, all the felt mushrooms. I feel like yeah. even when I worked at anthro and we're talking a decade ago, more yeah. plus <laughs> a lifetime ago. Like I remember... Well, I love I love you anthropology. This is no this is no shade, but I just remember I would I was working like around Black Friday, which is the yeah. worst worst time in retail, obviously. For real. It's crazy. And you're like an anthropology was like the strictest about their like yeah. like we were the first ones in, last ones out of the mall all the time, like constantly. I hate that. Literally, it was just like insane, a little unnecessary personally. Sorry. I love you anthro, but whew. and <laughs> I just remember, like, they would sell all these, like, ornaments and Christmas things for, like, insane amount. And they probably still do. Oh, yeah. It's no, so- they still do. And I buy them. <laughs> so because I, I was so broke. I was, like, a broke college kid making, like, minimum wage at an anthro. I oh, literally remember, like, seeing all these, like, felt things. And I think the mushrooms were a part of it. But I definitely think mushrooms have gotten more popular, to your for point. Sure. Like, I feel like with cottage core and everything in the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hundred percent agree. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's an interesting theory. Like I, I can see some resemblances. I can understand where they were going with it. So true. I kind of like it. I didn't even realize the whole Nintendo and like Mario connections to mushrooms. Isn't that so crazy when you research things and you realize like where the influence on certain things have come from in the world? It's like, wow, that's like based in reality. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like, 
you it, like it's so obvious because like why why do they wear mushrooms why are mushrooms they why do they take mushrooms and grow like I don't <laughs> like I'm not thinking logically about it right yeah right <laughs> I don't know it's interesting I mean I've never been on a mushroom trip so I don't know what these people are experiencing but yeah, it could be a either. gift I don't maybe know maybe that's the behind the scenes episode wait for a bonus round where Taylor and I trip on shrooms <laughs> for Christmas Merry for Christmas, Christmas. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my God. I love it. That's so funny. Yeah. I love it. I also like, I'm reminded of a very Taylor memory. Every time I think of Mario, I think of you because I came over to your house. We were like, we were teens. We were teens. Okay. We were like probably like 14 ish, I think. Yeah. Picture that era. You definitely lived (laughs) in your house. I'll edit this out. So we were definitely teens. Yeah. 14-ish. And I came over and you were playing what I'm assuming was like a, was it a PSP? Bro, my dad used to not let me have a bunch of shit. Maybe it was like a... You were playing like a Game Boy-esque sized thing. Oh, a smaller thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had a Game Boy. You're playing like, but this was teenage and it was like modern. It's modern. It wasn't like throwback old. I don't remember it. Okay. And so you were playing it and you were playing Mario Kart. Is this ringing a bell? No, but oh it God. sounds like me. <laughs> so I came over and you're playing Mario Kart on whatever the handheld device was. And you could yeah. do customizable voices. Like you could record your own messages to go off in certain parts of the game. What the fuck? I don't remember this at all. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's the best. Okay, so I get to, so I come in and you're like, you whatever. I just showed up, I think, and you, whatever. There was, you yeah. didn't need to say hi to me. We were like, I'm just like, what's up? There's so many times in our childhood when I'd wake up and you would already be in my living yeah, room. 100%. So it's not, <laughs> this is not, whatever. So I'm there and I like come in up, you're like actively playing and I come sit down and I'm like, oh, like, yeah. watch whatever. I don't even think we spoke. I think I just came and sat down. And yeah. Then, you won the race and it triggered a message and it was your voice going, you are the wiener. <laughs> oh my God. Why do I remember that now? And I cried <laughs> laughing. I thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing I ever heard in my life. It was amazing. Oh my God. And now every- We would use that all the time though. <laughs> you Ever since the then you'd be like, you are the wiener. All the time. All the time. I to this day will play a Mario game and think to myself, you are the wiener. <laughs> that is so funny. How do I not remember what the device was and like what allowed you to do that? Because that's why I knew it was like a fancier thing. Because Game Boy, you could not record a voice memo. It, like, it sounds like a, like a Switch, like a modern day I know. Nintendo Switch, but like those were not a thing. It so wasn't a PSP. It was like a Nintendo. Was PSP Nintendo? I don't, to be honest with you, I don't even remember what a PSP looks like. PSP kind of looks like a Switch. Like throw it back, throw it back on the. PSP game. Oh, yeah. Oh my God, it was my Nintendo DS. It was a Nintendo DS. It was my Nintendo. It was my pink Nintendo DS, which I still have, by the way, uh-huh. that had like a red flower sticker on it. Yeah, 100%. I you- because I was playing, uh, what was it when you could play with like the animals? And oh. Nintendogs? Uh, obsessed. I don't think and I ever played games. that, but that's amazing. I'm going to have to get you onto the like, Nintendo. <laughs> Not that I think you would like it nowadays, but. I mean, I still play Animal Crossing. I f- love that. I, yeah, I still play Animal Crossing. I got a Switch just for that. It's I so actually relaxing. have Mario Kart on my Switch too, so. You should record You Are the Wiener and it's the you best. You Are the Wiener. I don't even think it allows you to do that anymore because like people would like. <laughs> Probably say the worst. Take advantage. <laughs> That's 100% what it was. It was that pink Nintendo DS. That's so funny. So cute. But I just remember no, no sentences were said. I just walked in and the first thing I hear in your room was you are the wiener and it was the best it was the best such a core memory welcome I love that that's so cute <laughs> oh the best oh my God. the best anyway well is there good anything times. else you want to share this episode before we wrap it up no I think that's it I hope you guys all have a good Christmas um don't be tripping on too many shrooms <laughs> stay off of major boats right now and um we'll see you we'll see you in the next episode for some uncomfy truths oh I cannot wait for the uncomfy they're very uncomfy so get ready for just 
imagining smells. That's what I'll leave you with today. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> well, happy holidays, everyone. Happy Bye. holidays. We'll see you soon. Bye.